This is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker and a career and executive coach, and today I am delighted to welcome Marianne Lewis to the show. Marianne Lewis will talk about the study of paradox and both and thinking. Marianne, welcome. Oh, thank you, Caroline. It's such a pleasure to be with you today. Oh, my goodness. I am really excited to unpack this delicious topic of embracing creative tensions and solving tough problems. And clearly, you and your co-author, Wendy Smith, are subject matter experts in this field. But I would like for you to bring me back a little bit. How did you begin to study paradox and the concept of both and thinking? Where did that all begin? You know, Caroline, it really began early in my career as I was working on my dissertation. I have a, I have a PhD and was studying the implementation of new technologies, which might sound pretty basic because I was, you know, I went into these organizations and I wanted to understand how they, how they implement automation better. But what I found was just they lived in these tug of wars. And now, obviously, I was asking about the technology, but it was, you know, is automation upskilling or skill degrading? Is it about flexibility or control? And the more I got into those particular tensions, I actually stepped back and I thought, I think there's something more going on here. So I really did a deep dive into philosophy, psychology. There are so many realms that have looked at tensions actually as paradoxes, as interwoven contradictions. And it took me down a wonderful journey where we moved, I moved, and then Wendy moved from a focus on innovation and strategy to very personal tensions because we live these in work-life tensions, leadership tensions. There's so many different realms. So we began a study that's been about 25 years now of how do you navigate tensions? What are the traps and what are the opportunities that they bring? You know, that's a beautiful segue because I, I love the book. I've, I've read it and I always appreciate reading the endorsement quotes. And Adam Grant, who's a, a renowned organizational psychologist, wrote that you and Wendy are world leading experts on the topic and grappling with their ideas is a valuable step toward becoming more comfortable with tensions and trade-offs. And I particularly wanted to pull that thread with you because as humans, we often shy away from the tension and we don't always feel comfortable being uncomfortable. So tell me more about that. Uh, I, I appreciate you pulling that out. And, and Adam's remarkable on so many fronts, but I think he gets this in so many ways because our default just as human beings is toward either or thinking. And that is because it feels more comfortable. We, we basically weigh the pros and cons of different decisions. We make a trade-off and then we go down that path. The trap of that approach is that we tend to do this over and over and over again until we're leaning into our preferred side when actually we need both, right? We need opposing elements. Uh, pick it whether it's, you know, really diving into, should I be focused on performing and hitting my targets or should I be focused on learning and developing my skills? Those take us in different directions, but you can't just do one without the other. Over time, you will need both. 
And it's uncomfortable to feel that tension. It just, it, our minds don't work that way. It feels confusing. It can actually foster conflict in our daily lives or with other individuals. And I think to Adam's point in that quote, you need to find comfort in the discomfort. And we found that leaders that are really good at embracing tensions and working through them, see them as opportunities. And that's a mind shift. It absolutely is. And I'm so glad you you brought up leaders who excel in this are comfortable living in the tension. You've heard of the term VUCA, volatile, mm-hmm. uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. Certainly one would um, agree that this is a, a VUCA time in, in the world and, and tensions are high. So go a little deeper, if you will, Marianne, and give me an example of both and thinking perhaps through a leadership lens, so our global audience can really understand this on a very tactical level. Mm-hmm. So so I'll walk through one that I've been thinking about quite a bit. It's come up in several talks, with, talks lately with uh, leaders, is the one I just mentioned, and we'll unpack it a bit, between performance and learning. Um, as, as a leader said to me the other day, an executive at a, at a Fortune 500 firm, she said, I mean, we have so many stretch targets, especially in this hyper-competitive, changing world. You put your head down and perform, right? You, you seek to excel. That's how you build your skills, your resume, your visibility, your reputation, all of these efforts. But as you do that, and if that's all you do, I mean, it's the recipe for burnout. It's also signals, and, and now she's coming as a woman leader, it, it feels rather cold, And on the flip side, if you really need to pull your head up and look around, do boundary spanning, explore, think about how am I building my skills? How am I fostering learning in my team and those around me? If I only do that, I'm not going to get my job done. And at the same time, I know that my learning is going to improve. This is the paradoxical side. My learning is going to empower and enhance my ability to perform. And my ability to perform will open new doors and possibilities to learn, right? My reputation for excellence, and and I love the way she explained this. She said, enables me to go to a host of remarkable individuals to learn from them as mentors, as partners, as teammates. It sends this powerful signal that I am a high-performing, learning-oriented leader, and I'm not doing those simultaneously, but I am iterating, balancing between them on an ongoing basis, and it makes me stronger, it makes my team stronger, and it attracts like-minded individuals. That is a gorgeous example. My my smile is on. I know we're audio only today, but I, I could not agree more. And as an executive coach, I'm so grateful for that example because so many legal leaders struggle. I, I appreciated the example of the stretch goals. We keep raising that proverbial bar so high that often we miss the other needs of a team and an organization. So thank you for being so crystal clear about that. Because the reality of a paradox is that um, there are two sides. Are, are there problems with either or thinking that we should be aware of? There are problems, Caroline. What we've found is that either or thinking can lead to vicious cycles. So 
a, the simplest vicious cycle is that as we lean in into our favoring side, you know, I love to perform. I'm talking about myself as well. I'm a workaholic. I tend to overdo it. And you keep leaning into that thinking, if I just work harder, I'll get through this tension. But again, that leads you to a place where you realize through burnout, wow, I've, I've lost my mojo. I don't know where I'm going. I've got to pull up. The second vicious cycle is then you can really swing the pendulum and swing it too hard, overcorrect. Maybe, you know, we've talked to many leaders who said that kind of burnout led them to take a pause in their career. And while that was valuable, by overcorrecting, they ended up becoming so focused on their learning, they found it hard to get back into their performance mindset. So how do you build a virtuous cycle that balances and keeps you moving forward rather than going too far down a rabbit hole or overcorrecting in a way that's also a trap? I appreciate the clarity of the virtuous versus the vicious cycle. So what would your coaching be for, for listeners out there who are saying, ooh, I may have gone too far in the other direction. I'm, I'm in a bit of a quandary now. How do I come back to that sense of both and that is much more healthy? I mean, I think there are a couple of ways. The first step we always talk about is you need to change the question because the questions we ask immediately set boundaries on what are the possibilities. So if our question is, do I focus on learning or performing? I've immediately just set myself up in an either or trade-off, and I'm going to have to decide which way I'm going to lean. Changing it to how can I perform through my learning? How can I leverage my learning to perform better? Those kinds of questions start to shift our mindset. Oh, I love it. I love it. This is just... Uh... So spot on. Marianne, we're going to continue talking, but we'll be right back after a quick break. Hello there. It's Caroline Dowd Higgins. I know that hiring the right speaker for your event is a tremendous responsibility. You need a speaker who can customize content to meet your goals and someone who will work within your budget and engage your audience. Meeting planners around the world have recognized me for being easy to work with and uniquely suited to create dynamic programming for your needs. My style is high energy and engaging with practical takeaways that participants can implement in their lives and careers immediately. Whether you're looking to retain or grow top talent, create healthy workplace cultures or prevent burnout in your organization, I create customized content to help recharge, reignite, or reinvent your career. From the boardroom to the training room or the convention hall, I will help your audience thrive. Let's talk about how I can help you achieve your special event goals. You can find me at carolinedowdhiggins.com. So, Marianne, I want to ask, we we talked about the difference between both and thinking, as well as either or thinking. And I appreciated that you said, look, sometimes we overcorrect and we go from virtuous to vicious cycle. So clearly failure is a learning opportunity here. Have you ever had uh, a failure in either or that you had to reassess and bring back into the healthy both and thinking paradigm? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and I can use my own as well as others. Um, 
I'll switch to a different tension, and I know a lot of women leaders face this one between, you know, is the focus on competency or compassion, right? And, you know, and I'm, I'm speaking from a particularly from a women's leadership standpoint is we can say, boy, I've got to prove myself. So it's got to be about the competency. But I went to a place and I'm the dean of a business school. I've been the dean twice of business schools. And I actually came to ask, you know, the question, geez, are all deans I would, I would fill you fill in the word there like jerks basically, or can I actually be caring and compassionate at the same time? And in my first role, I felt such a need to prove myself. I completely, at least initially focused on the competency. I've got to demonstrate my skills. And that ends up, it both felt cold to myself as well as others. And it lost my authenticity. And I've seen other women leaders and men for that matter, say, you've got to find a way to bring your whole self into this role, into whatever the leadership role. For me, it's really pushing, how do I build a culture, teams, myself as both high performing and compassionate? Because those two together are a much more powerful combination and they're more real to me. I love that. And I also appreciate that the emotional intelligence uh, makeup of a leader is very different now. And, and I think it's a good shift. We know uh, it started in military times with command and control. And now we're we're adding or hopefully swapping out for, for a more healthier leadership for compassion and empathy and active listening and humility. And that just wasn't the case years ago. So no. it's, it's wonderful to see the evolution. Well, you know, and it's interesting that you, you use the example of military. My son w- went to West Point and and I've had conversations um, with him and military experts actually uh, overseas as well, that the military really has shifted from the command and control as well. Not that they don't need some command and control. They absolutely do to keep people safe, to make sure there's the discipline, the orders are clear, but nobody follows you because of an order. Right? They follow you because of trust and care and because you know and support each other. So they too have really built a more humane, human, human focus in their leadership, even on the military side. And I think that's a, that's a powerful combination of why you have to have both. You know, this seems to me like an incredibly pivotal time for applying both and thinking. We're, we're still navigating a pandemic journey. It has changed. Happily, it's much better than it was two years ago. I mentioned VUCA, volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. The world is in a very tenuous place right now. So how, how might we think about moving into both and thinking if it's brand new to us? What's the first step, Marianne? Well, I, I mentioned... We think of it in terms of three steps. So I, I mentioned the first step is start changing our questions, start rethinking the way we approach a problem from that either or to an, an and type of question. How do we do something to accommodate the contradictions? But the second one is separating and connecting, meaning how do we let's pull apart the oppositions that we face right? Let's really think, I'll go back to compassion and care or competency and care. How do I build and demonstrate my competencies and what at my best does it mean to do so? And likewise, what does it mean at my best to be a compassionate, caring leader? Likewise, take both of those sides and think, 
if that is all I did, what would be the problems? Because going to that level helps us recognize that we do in fact need both and that separating and connecting holds them together. And then the third piece that we would stress is rethink the way we imagine the perfect world. So an either or says it's a choice, right? There's your trade-off. With both and thinking, we think of two different outcomes. One we called a creative integration. Think of a mule, right? Smarter than a horse, stronger than a donkey. There's some hybridity that you find. So in the case of competency and care, this could be tough love, right? This is potentially a, a way that we say, I'm going to demonstrate we have high standards, we've got a problem here, and I care about you as an individual. So we're going to have some feedback here to think about how do we help you excel further with some care and support, right, as a tough love. That we would call creative integration or kind of a mule analogy. Those actually don't happen as much as people think. I think that the typical view of both and is it's a win-win and you're always going for that, but they tend to be a bit rare. The bigger approach that we see more often, we call consistent inconsistency or tightrope walking. Throughout our lives, we make these micro adjustments between opposing sides to keep us moving forward. A tightrope walker is looking out in the distance, sees a vision of the future that they want and keeps moving forward, moving just slightly back and forth, building some guardrails so you don't fall, lean too far to either side. And it's a journey. It's a journey of learning, building confidence. Yes, we might fail, but have the confidence to know that we can learn from that opportunity, learn from that experience. So your students at the University of Cincinnati, where you hold the position of Dean and Professor of Management at the Lindner College of Business at University of Cincinnati, are so fortunate to be able to learn from you in this capacity. Tell me more, because you're also collaborating with international researchers and executives. So how are you getting this such important information with your co-author, Wendy Smith, out into the world? Well, I think there are a variety of ways. You're right. We have a phenomenal uh, network of scholars across the world that we partner with. We've studied uh, paradox mindset, which means this ability to do both and thinking across languages and cultures, thousands of people we've studied now over time. And I think to your point, I love that, Caroline. I, I am just I am truly blessed to be able to walk into classrooms, walk out of my door and talk to these young rising leaders who are just starting their journey and so malleable and interested and want to explore. So I have this beautiful contrast of having the opportunity to learn from really experienced, amazing leaders and these young people who want to make a difference in this world and build their own journey. And I think that to me is a really critical for my own care and continued learning. Wow. Marianne, I learned so much from you. I am deeply grateful that you joined me on the show today. I want to honor your co-author, Wendy K. Smith, and your incredible book is called Both and Thinking, Embracing Creative Tensions to Solve Your Toughest Problems. And of course, it's available on Amazon and all major book retailers. Thank you, Marianne. I learned so much from you today, and I'm deeply grateful. Well, Caroline, I am as well of you. I think your your model, your story, and your work on this podcast is very powerful, and I appreciate your inspiration. 
Thank you, Marianne. And if you like our show, subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud. And even better, leave a review because this helps new listeners find us online. And a special thanks to my podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.